Jungle podcast is raw, it's real, it has zero gimmicks, zero bullshit, and absolutely zero fucks to give. Welcome to the Iron Jungle. This is real, no bullshit, no holds barred, wide fucking open podcast. We've been at this far too long to be fucking around. This is the jungle. Where anything goes, no holds barred. We're going to be talking about the real shit. How to succeed. In a world where you have goals, but there's so much misinformation and bullshit trying to sell you something. This is the informative podcast. And there's no hope behind the jungle. The question is, are you ready? Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to the jungle, baby. Welcome to the iron jungle. Let's go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome inside the iron jungle podcast. The man, Drew Peters. Drew, with your, uh, your new setup in this office, you've got like a glow about you, like you're a fucking angel. Everything around you is dark, but the spotlight or the screen is right on you, and it makes you the center of attention. I love it. I love it. You should be the center of attention of this show. And today's podcast, you will be again, because we're talking pseudo-nutrition, but more or less meal prep hacks, which I think is a habit that many people need to get into in terms of meal prep in general, but it's, uh, uh, it's a habit that... I think we overcomplicate it sometimes, too. So it'll be interesting to get your take as a nutrition coach on meal prep. Uh, obviously, Drew, you meal prep every week. Do you do once a week? Do you do a couple times a week? Or how do you approach your own meal prep? Honestly, it kind of rotates throughout the week. I don't have a set day where I cook a whole week's worth of food. One, because I don't like eating stale meals like a fucking peasant by the time that Wednesday rolls around or Thursday even. Um, so what I'll do is typically I how it usually falls, I usually end up cooking on Sunday and maybe like Wednesday or Thursday night. Wednesday's perfect because that's my not from the gym. What I'll do kind of I'll cook a few pounds of everything in advance. Like I'll do say my, my proteins. I'll cook like a crock pot full of chicken. I'm using a crock right. pot right now. Make like say 10 pounds of chicken in the crock pot. And at the same time I'll cook like four to five pounds of 96 four ground beef. And then uh, one or two pounds of nine nine lean ground turkey. And I'll kind of rotate my protein sources depending on what I'm feeling like for that coming day. So I protein cooked. I box it individually in my meal prep bag the night before. And then same with rice. I'll cook eight cups of rice dry measure in my giant ass rice cooker and have rice and everything ready at night boom fill what i need the next day is reheat and go and usually that method will last for two to three days so my food stays fresher throughout the week that's what i recommend i love how we brought up the rice cooker because i think the rice cooker is the greatest invention ever made like in terms of one of the biggest purchases best purchases i've ever purchased in my life i do the same thing eight cups but it's amazing how quick you go through the eight cups of rice like for the normal person drew it's going to take them a week and a half two weeks for a guy like me and you it's like two days and it's gone try measure and our part that's more impressive is this like you'll buy the 25 pound bag of jasmine rice yeah. at the Asian market and I'm like holy shit i ate like a dog food bag full of rice in a month it makes it so much easier if you if those of you listening at home like a nice christmas gift idea is a fucking rice cooker if you're eating a lot of rice just because like having to go and do a saucepan every time is a pain in the ass not to mention it gets sticky it's messy and it's just annoying but having it in a fridge eight cups you mine i can go up to 10 cups i'm sure yours you probably can go up higher too it just makes it super easy and you literally hit a button set it and forget it and you're done and you're ready to roll but um i like i mentioned in the opening here a lot of people overcomplicate meal prep thinking like i can't use sauces i can't use seasonings or what can i use or what can i eat and um, let's talk about that concept of sauces and seasonings, actually, because I think um, I've been to restaurants before, even with people within the industry who aren't necessarily on prep, but they'll order like a sirloin steak with nothing on it because they're 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 themselves are like not that they want to season it themselves, but they're so afraid of what the, the chef might use. Um, do we do we lose our shit too much on seasoning and, and salt and, and sauces? 
It's not even so much with people in fitness. It just amazes me. When I have a new client come in sometimes, and I don't know why, it tends to be some ladies, no offense to any out there, or even just people ask me general health. Like for the longest time before I was a straight up meathead, when I even was being like extra science personal training in college, some of the parents of, of the other kids in my school, they say, oh, you're personal training, da, da, da. I like you're successful and you know, doing fitness. And they'll come to me and they'll say, oh, you know, I'm looking to lose a little bit of weight, just want to eat healthier. And they'll tell me this, well, I don't know why it sticks out so much, is they talk to me like, oh yeah, we're doing this and this and this, and we don't, no seasonings, no sauces. I'm like, like no seasonings? Like, do you eat your fucking chicken like a peasant? Like, I don't understand. You, just because it's healthy doesn't mean it has to be bland. That's the thing that blows my mind. I'm not afraid of sodium. I kind of stay away from shit that's a sodium bomb in general. We'll talk about this more. Let's start with this. Let's start with sodium. Yeah. If you like to use things to season your food, that's completely okay. Understand something. Your body needs sodium to perform. Even if you're not a high performance athlete or bodybuilder, your muscle needs sodium to function. What I wouldn't do is put heaps and gobs of sodium on it. And if you're not using a lot of prepackaged food, honestly, people aren't getting a ton of sodium anyway. So if you like to use things like say Himalayan sea salt, it has a little extra added micro minerals to it. Or if you want to use um, some, I like McCormick, if you want something cheap at the store, or if you want to go next level, I love feast mode. Um, they do a great job of having sea salt based, like not crazy sodium, Seasonings that make your food taste delicious. There's things like tequila lime. There's cheddar bacon, Asiago Parmesan, Asiago um, jalapeno. There's tons of great seasonings or things like that that can make your food prep come to life right. without adding a ton of salt. And then don't be inherently afraid of salt because here's the thing: depending on what you do, if you have large spikes in salt, that's what can cause a little bit of water retention. It's only temporary, but trust me, people think that not eating salt is going to make them hold no water and they're instantly going to be fucking skinny. I'm sorry. Sodium intake and fat loss are independent things. So you may quote unquote feel skinnier or whatever if you're not having salt for a few days where you're not holding water. But I tell you one thing, if your sodium's consistent and your water intake's where it should be, you're, I can, you can do grams of sodium and not have issues with water retention. Your body responds to sharp spikes in sodium. So let's make that very clear, guys. You don't have to have shitty tasting food. No, you definitely don't. You mentioned feast mode, and this isn't like a cheap pop for feast mode, but there, I mean, there even that, and there's, uh, I mean, there's a bunch of different spice companies within this field now that that some, for the most part, they're good. I'm sure there's some probably just like leveraging the whole niche yeah. and like saying it's, it's healthy, but um, yes, like salt, pepper. I mean, simple things that just as long as you're not tossing like tablespoons and tablespoons on shit, and you're not using like. You know, I mean, even something like some people when they do their chicken in the crock pot, for instance, they might use like a chicken broth to kind of keep it moist. Well, chicken broth is a little bit higher in sodium content, so you definitely want to watch. And there's different things you can use to keep your chicken. I hate using the word moist, but I'm going to say moist as much as I can on this episode because I had a chance to do it. Um, but I mean, I see even like maybe this I see this more from women. Uh, but they travel to restaurants with, like, this cheddar seasoning. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, Drew. It's, like, it's in a blue bottle. Oh, fuck, I don't even know what it's called. Um, but they put it on everything. And it's, like, low sodium. It's got, like, a cheddar flavor into it. Because chicken breast doesn't have to be fucking boring all the time. Like like Drew said, like, you can eat chicken breast. Like, I eat sriracha, honey sriracha chicken breast. Like, okay. it's, it's something just to, like, spice it up or cilantro lime. Like, there are different ways you can prepare your shit. And still be healthy and not have to boil your chicken in a pot and just eat it that way. Now, if you're in competition mode and you're closer, you may have to boil your chicken. I know some people do that. Um, but I, I, I don't plan on doing that at all, I hope. So um, what about sauces? That, that's where it can get tricky because I think a lot of people will look at something like ketchup 
I'm just gonna use that because that's very popular, right? And it's got like zero calories in ketchup, or there might be very little mustard, zero calories typically. But barbecue sauces and other things, when you're starting to add molasses and sugar and some of this high fructose corn syrup, now you're starting to get shitty ingredients and you're starting to get calories that a lot of times people don't even account for. They just load the shit up. I'm just going to go off like a fucking triggered Hillary fallen Democrat. High fructose corn syrup. Calm the fuck down. Honestly, there's no data supporting that it's any worse for you, quote unquote, than any other sugar. Yeah, they had fucking sugar, so you shouldn't have a ton of it to begin with, but then it's not going to inherently make you fat compared to using like fucking agave. So pause one second on that, go back to the seasonings. In general, like the thing that bothers me, like not bothers me, but bro, if you have something that's like butter flavor or cheddar flavor or bacon flavor, that tends to air in the more aside the shit you probably shouldn't be eating because it's a bunch of processed garbage. Uh, not to pitch feast mode again. I just love that brand. They have yeah. a lot of great fucking flavors. I fucking can't stand Flavor God. Flavor God is like the food seasoning for sex offender bodybuilders. So I'm just going to fucking go ahead and say it. I <laughs> cannot stand shit. They all taste the same. So fuck them. Um, but the thing is, too, I like them because they use, like, real cheese or they use real cheddar along with their – yeah, like, an authentic flavor that's you know, has the touch of salt, but it's going to taste good. So in general, if you're going for things, another ace in the hole that uses real cheese and you can get it fucking anywhere before we move on from seasonings, there's a thing called Kernel Seasons. That's available at any store ever. It's a popcorn seasoning. Go to the popcorn aisle where they sell, like, the popping this, I think that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, it's Colonel Seasons. They have a white cheddar, they have a nacho cheese, they have a jalapeno cheddar, bacon cheddar, the lot of cheese seasonings. They have a sour cream and onion, I think. There's a ranch, um, there's a chili lime. And yes, I've used all of these because that's one of the first ones I discovered back in my very first contest prep in 2015. Those were a lifesaver. They're great on vegetables, they're great on meats. And the thing is, unless you're using a huge like fucking quarter cup of it, the sodium isn't as high as you think right. of these. You're trying natural cheese, a little bit of salt and flavor, and it just bursts. It's a lifesaver. So check out Kernel Seasons, the feast mode. And then now we're at the at the uh, the sauces. Here's the thing. As a rule of thumb, if something's packing a bunch of sugar into it, you probably should avoid it because it's it's doing nothing but adding calories. It depends on your, on how tight you have to be. If you're using gobs of it and tablespoons upon cups of things, then yeah, you have to be more careful. But G. Hughes is an amazing find. There's a G. Hughes barbecue sauce. Check that shit out. It's delicious. They use sucralose instead of sugar on it. It lives up your dish, and it tastes delicious for a barbecue sauce. They have a ketchup now as well. Ketchup's okay. I mean, but the thing is, too, it does have naturally occurring sugars. It's going to add up in terms of calories. Um, as a rule of thumb, honey mustard is usually pretty good. But beware when you have things compared to honey mustard mustard versus honey mustard dipping sauce. Mm-hmm. You get things dipping sauces, that's where all the sugar, the added oils, things are. It's just making a rich, creamy dipping sauce. Same thing goes for salad dressings. Okay, so let's talk about salad uh, toppings here for a second. Oh, this God. We could, we could spend, spend a whole topic on salad dressings. This is interesting stuff. I was going to say, for me, for me, my, uh, just, just off the bat, like, if you go, and, and Drew, you might differ on me, but I, will, I refuse to buy any salad dressing that's not in the, in the refrigerator. If it's there sitting are, on a fucking shelf, right. I'm not touching yeah. it. Okay, we're done with the episode. That's the best tip you give anybody. Typically, if something is like cheese flavored or anything liquid that doesn't have to be refrigerated, doesn't that fucking concern me? It does. You have artificial bullshit in a bottle. Like if it says like craft on it, fuck that stuff. Mm-hmm. Guys, okay, here's the thing. Depending on how many calories you have to work with, a cheap hack is to use um, red wine vinegar or even balsamic, a little bit, a drizzle of that on your greens. It tastes awesome. You can mix a little bit of a touch of olive oil if you need it, depending on how many fats you have. You get good fats along with of course you know the vinegar and make your own fucking salad dressing shit in the bottle is garbage yeah. okay 
the best one I do, uh, life hack is huge. It's great on some meats too, depending on how many calories you have. Once again, it's not free range. Look for the Bolt House Farms. They have an amazing dressing line. It's made with yogurt-based stuff. So in a, a tablespoon or two, chances are it's not going to break your calorie bank. Right. You know, so rule of thumb, if it doesn't, if you don't have to refrigerate it, chances are it's chemical bullshit in a bottle with cheap canola oil. That's a salad dressing hack. Yeah, it's fucking disgusting. I mean, people out there who um, Hidden Valley Ranch and they put it on everything, it's like you're killing yourself every single day. It's disgusting. I mean, it's just I don't I, I get the I get I get the attraction to ranch dressing, but I just don't I'll never understand something that you have to that you purchase in a store that needs to essentially be like no, okay, I shouldn't say that because ketchup doesn't need to be refrigerated right away. But like, I mean, it's it's, it's just weird. Like, you buy this thing and then you have to refrigerate it after opening, and then it's just like I don't get how salad dressing should not be refrigerated. There's just it should always be refrigerated to me. Ketchup can sit on the picnic table for six weeks, you know, over <laughs> in the summer and not go bad because it's ketchup. But it's just yeah, salad dressing I think is interesting. Uh, to Drew's point, I do that a lot too. I have balsamic vinegar and olive oil. That's how I make my own. Or I'll look for like a raspberry vinaigrette, something that's natural. It's might have a little bit more sugar in it because it's using real real raspberry in it, but I try to stay away from like the creamy dressings. I mean, typically if it's a creamy dressing, unless it's yogurt-based, like you mentioned, we use Bolthouse Farms here. Um, my, my wife likes the ranch dressing. We have the honey mustard. It's, it's a, a better alternative, and it doesn't taste different. Like, just because it's yogurt-based, it still tastes great. You would have no fucking idea. Um, it does cost a little bit more, but that's because it's not like 10 cents in a bottle. I can sit on a, a shelf somewhere. So, uh, I, yeah, I totally, I totally agree with Drew on, in terms of like make your own salad dressing if you can. I mean, even like you can do like a clove of garlic and add a little bit of that into it, and you can mix it up in any sort of mason jar and have it refrigerated yourself with olive oil and balsamic or red wine, whatever it might be. Um, but I know people like it's always funny to me. People are like, "Well, I had a salad for lunch. Okay, what'd you use for dressing? Well, I had ranch. And you see how much fucking dressing they put on their salad. Now, now their salad, which is supposed to be a healthy lunch, is now like worse than that quarter pound of cheeseburger from McDonald's. They they just fucked it all up. Oh, let's be real. Have you ever, like, here's the thing. If people, once again, nothing against, even fast food salad, you can eat a pretty healthy one. But here's the thing. Look at the back of that fucking packet. If you put that packet of shit on there, like, honestly, I was shocked because you're probably having four to five tablespoons of dressing. If it's full fat dressing, you're probably getting 20 to 30 grams of fat. And it's all from oil. It's literally nothing but fucking canola oil. Okay, so here's a here's a method to a life hack. Okay, if you go to a restaurant and they don't have any quote-unquote diet dressings, that's fine. I'll tell you one thing. I fucking love the honey mustard dressing in a place like Texas Roadhouse. They have a great fucking honey mustard dressing. You got Texas Roadhouse up there in Minnesota? We have a couple of them around here, yep. Dude, place is awesome. Here's a tip for you. If you get a salad at a restaurant as a side or as a course, ask for the dressing on the side, okay? You can, of course, add as much as you need. What I do, I'll have my, my fucking small baby pool dressing that comes with the meal. What you do, dip your fork in the dressing and then stab your thing. You, you get a little bit for flavor, but you're not dousing your whole meal in the dressing. You'd be amazed how flavorful it can be without adding the ton of it. That's a cheap life hack for eating at the restaurant. So we've bounced around a few things here. We've talked about, of course, the dry seasoning. We've talked about some liquid seasoning. And the thing is, I want to have everybody take a take-home point here, like a rule of thumb for when you're going for things. So if you're using a dry seasoning, when doing things like that, look for just keep in mind in sodium. A little bit of salt's completely okay. Look at the tablespoon. You, this, oh, my gosh, this has a high sodium. But then again, the main ingredient, sea salt. It's going to be salty. Just use a sprinkle. You'll probably be okay. If you're looking for things in terms of a salt of a sauce, look for avoid things that are just packed with tons of added sugar. If it's nothing but sugar and oils like um, 
um, say a barbecue sauce or dipping sauce, that's probably a no-go. There's things like GQs, or if you're looking for like um, like a Mrs. Dash has salt-free marinades, which are actually pretty cool. Or if you're looking for things that are lower on the, on the sodium and sugar thing, that's probably okay. Like I said, G-Hughes is great. Um, mustard's usually a great thing to explore. If you like mustard, there's a bunch of them out there. Or if you have other things like... Um, which again, the salad dressings can be great. You know, the yogurt-based ones are lower in calories without adding a bunch of crap. Those are things you can typically slip into your plan, but once again, you have to get more strict and things like contest prep. So the one thing else too, before we, of course, I'm trying to keep this condensed because we could talk about shit all day, is sometimes it comes down to your cooking methods. What cooking hacks do you Yeah, have? that's exactly what I wanted to talk about because like I will occasionally make some of my veggies in olive oil, but I can imagine like a lot of people will put too much olive oil because – Depending on the temp, and there's so much we could spend on this, but like depending on the temperature in which you're cooking on top of the stovetop, if you're cooking at a too high of a level, the olive oil just goes away and you keep adding more and it gets absorbed into the veggies. And at some point, now your veggies are just like a, a place to hold a shit ton of olive oil, which olive oil is, a, is, is fine in moderation, obviously. Um, so that's, you're, you're absolutely right in terms of like, are you baking? Are you broiling? Are you steaming? Like, what are you doing? And what should you do? What should you do? Thankfully, like, listen, I live in Minnesota. It is literally like you can't see, yeah, you can't see in the video here. Like, there, there's two feet of snow outside. So it sucks in December, but I make sure I keep my shit clear so I can grill year-round. Like, I will grill my meats all the time if I have to. A, I grew up with a grill. If I can't get to the grill for whatever reason, then I will I'll bake it. Um, I never I never pan-fry. Not And it's not to say pan-frying is bad, per se. But, like, if I pan-fry anything, it's, it's I'm browning each side for maybe a minute. So that way, when you put it in the oven, it holds the moisture. Otherwise, I, in terms of my meats... And even most times my vegetables, I will do on the grill, like my veggies I'll do on the grill in uh, like a tin plate that they have um, with a little bit of olive oil, a little bit of sea salt, and that's it for me. But it's simple, it's easy, and I, I fucking enjoy cooking, so it's one of those things that I love. I don't have these new – I'm a millennial, so I can't even throw myself under the bus, but like a Generation Z air fryers that people are talking about. Like I don't have one. I've heard really good things. Um, I don't know, Drew. You tell me if you're using an air fryer and like your prep methods. Bro, okay, I'll take one step back here. Dude, I love grilling my shit, especially when I live that last two places I have a house now and I'm a cheap fuck. I don't want to have to buy propane every week for how much meat I grill, but a nice pack. If you live in an apartment complex, especially a lot of like, once again, not to be bucking bougie as hell here, the place I lived had like a pool with like a community grill that had a non-soft supply of gas, which is awesome. Once again, I lived in some nicer places, but that was a huge thing. I didn't have to use the gas in my apartment or run an electric bill. I'd go down, grill by the pool. I lived in Dallas, so it never got super cold, and I live in Florida. That's a huge hack. I know for all y'all that are saying, fuck you. Okay, yes, I live in warmer places. But the part is, even in wintertime in Nebraska, I'd be out, we'd be grilling deer steak in the middle of February with snow on the ground because that's just delicious. And mm-hmm. you keep warm by the grill. 100%. <laughs> Another part, if you have to cook inside, you can use a skillet. What I do a method is just get like a spritz. I use uh, either like an olive oil cooking spray or coconut oil like cooking spray. There's a quick burst. You can coat the meat if you need to. It crisps up super nicely in a pan. What I do, I take my chicken breast and I chop it into one one inch by one inch cubes. It cooks very evenly. Get a nice crisp on the outside, adding a bunch of extra calories. You can season it, so on and so forth. If I don't have a grill, like say when I visit home and if I had to cook like a big skillet worth of chicken, you can cook uh, one or two pounds of chicken, cut up into cubes, season it, it stays super moist, gets a nice uh, little bit of crispness on the outside, but you're still not quote unquote frying it. You're usually adding minimal calories from a light cooking spray. Okay, the other part, keep in mind too, the science guy I know here, don't cook with certain oils at high heat, like olive oil, you're not meant to be fried with, it degrades, it starts as a low smoke point, it starts to break down to form carcinogens, so 
Certain oils aren't meant for frying. Or extra virgin olive oil is a horrible choice in terms of using high heat. Coconut oil is better suited. You can also do some cooking a little bit for some people like using a little bit of MCT oil. That's a prep hack. Right. And there are pack in terms of uh, adding flavor, a little bit of oil. I can't believe it's not butter spray. Some people argue it's a chemical shitstorm, but for a spritz here or there, that can be a lifesaver. So to answer your question, the air fryer. Yes, I do have one and I fucking love it. But the problem is I'm kind of lazy and even then it's always all quick and easy. I don't have to clean that motherfucker. You can make some delicious um, steak, chicken, fish, anything like that cooks really nicely in air fryer. I just don't have to clean the thing after. And the other part is really, really good at making is um, you can make sweet potatoes in it or sweet potato fries without adding oil to it or even a spritz of a cooking spray. Keeps it super low calorie, makes it nice and crisp. Their hack that is great with, especially when eating a ton of vegetables, is air fryer vegetables i shit you not it cooks them it makes them super crispy you get these nice crisp vegetables on it they're awesome and the downside of that is you can eat like a whole five pound bag of them in a sitting because it shrinks them and fries them so watch out for that but dude air fryers are great and that's another prep pack it's quick once again for how much food you and i eat it's not as feasible that's the only problem so you mentioned Crock-Pot, too, earlier on in terms of like i think that might be the easiest thing in the world for people to use i mean in terms of like you can buy if you want to buy frozen chicken breasts, you can. You can buy fresh chicken breasts, whatever. You can toss them in there, put the lid on, put it on low, and like come back in four or five hours and it's done. You can try it up and you're set. Like, I mean, there's literally nothing in it. So I, I always love, like, people are like, I don't have time. I mean, it takes five minutes to turn on a crock pot, five minutes, to, five minutes, ten minutes to put it in the little things, and you're done. I'll make it even easier. There's crock pot condoms, is what I call them. They're literally the oh, slow yeah. Go to your fucking uh, Ziploc bag aisle, wherever's your store. They have liners for your crock pot. It's the best thing ever. You take one out, you put it in the crock pot, you on the side. You don't even have to wash your damn crock pot. You're done. You're done cooking. You just take the bag out, put it in the trash. You're done. Give it a quick wipe down from the moisture that accumulates. You have a clean crock pot. You don't have to scrub the damn thing. So here's the thing. People say they don't have time. How fucking long does it take? You go to your store. You buy the chicken. I personally will put it in the sink right there, and I'll slice off any of the fat and skin that mm-hmm. happens with it. Toss it in the crock pot, maybe a quarter cup of water just to line the bottom. If you want to use like a, like a bouillon cube or some different seasonings, it's boom. It seasons it. And then at the end, you take it over. You tilt at the sink. You can drain all the fluid out from because it comes out of the chicken when you're done. All you got to do, it pulls apart beautifully with a fork, toss it container. You can hook five to ten pounds of chicken effortlessly, and you're set for a few days. There's hardly any prep. It's a super easy cleanup. So people would tell me they don't have time to cook chicken. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. But I love the crock pot. The only downside, and I don't know if, I would say the downside is, like, the shredded chicken can get a little bit dry on day three. So, like, that's the downside to it. Um, but that's still no excuse not to be able to eat, Drew loves this term, eat clean, like, during during the week. Um you mentioned that you, so like the concept of meal prepping, I used to, when I started meal prep, I would meal prep my entire week on a Sunday, just so I was done. Then I realized by Friday, those meals were kind of getting a little like, eh, I mean, they weren't bad, but um, just let people like, let people listening, like if that's you and you want to spend one day prepping for the entire week, it's okay to freeze your shit. Like when you cook your chicken and your, your rice and your veggies, like you can throw it in the freezer and then bring that to you to work or put it in your meal prep bag that day and it'll, it might take a little bit longer in the microwave. But then, it, at least then, it still 
tastes a little bit better, like it's still pseudo fresh. Um, so don't be afraid to toss your shit in the freezer if you know that you're not going to be able to eat something until Friday. It's completely okay to do that. Um, it makes it simple. But I think like the better way is if you can do it twice a week, you know, do it like Sunday and then again on Wednesday, um, it, you're just better off and it's fresher. And that way, too, the, the, the positive thing about doing it twice a week is you can change what you're eating. If you're cooking just on Sunday, Chances are you're probably cooking just all chicken. I mean, unless you are one of those really smart people that choose to do half chicken, half steak, half fish, whatever. Um, but if you're, if you're tired of something by Wednesday, you can change it Wednesday night to something else for Thursday, Friday, and even Saturday and take something else. So, like, I, I have the luxury of not having the meal prep anymore because I have an agreement with a company that sends me my shit. But, I mean, for those of you out there that don't have that luxury, like, Drew, you mentioned that I think you do twice a week. I do. I used to do a Sunday, and hopefully, if I do everything correct and calculation wise, I'll try to do Wednesday. Here's the thing: if I get to Wednesday and I have a little bit left, then I go, oh, I could probably do it tomorrow night. Fuck that. Wednesday night's my night off from the gym. I'm home earlier. I'll do it that night because that way I can just cook quick and then still have the night to relax. That's how it works out for me. If you don't have that luxury, if you need to cook, you know, once a week, okay, go ahead. It doesn't. It's gonna be as fresh. Eh, suck it up. I fucking hate it. My wife, little bitch, I like my food fresher. For me, I have the rotation there. If you have to, once again, you don't have to cook every single day. You're going to be the freshest if you do it that way, but it's realistic. I don't like to cook every night. If you have to, try to split it up. You know, dude, how long does it take to put, like, chicken in a crock pot or brown some ground beef in a big skillet? You can cook two to one to two pounds at a time. That should last you a couple days. Even if you eat a lot of meat like we do, you know, two to three pounds of beef in a skillet will last you a couple days. You don't have to cook every single day. Just take from the fridge, put your container, reheat, boom, it's done, you know? So that's the thing. If you're somebody that hates leftovers and don't like food today, you're going to have a hard time with the meal prep. You're going to have to make shit, like... In the morning, and that's just not feasible. But I, I know there are a lot of people out there that don't like leftovers. Like, they are anti-leftovers. They will throw that shit away, won't eat it because there's something to them that they find extremely gross about it. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's, a, if it's a, just us growing up in the Midwest and, like, the farm communities and stuff. Like, that's what we did, like, all the time. It was, like, leftovers for two days, maybe sometimes three days. Like, and we were okay with that. Um, what about – and I know we talk about this. Like, if you follow – if you're if you follow a vegan diet, like does your meal prep change at all if you're vegan, keto, paleo? Like to me I say no. Like it's still exactly it's just the different types of foods that you're cooking. Well, I don't know, bro. I mean, how fast does your laundry grow for as far as I'm concerned that's what vegans eat? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, thing. Drew. Drew's gonna get the flame thrown at him. He's gonna get heat. Fucking thing. But bro, there's I honestly I don't know from what I have cooked and had in terms of some vegan dishes, there are some really delicious fucking vegan things. But then again, I don't know from having days left over of how quickly that can break down in terms of vegan cooking. So once again, it may be your window for your sweet spot there if you're cooking like say, you know, rice and beans, how long it stays fresh. Because even me, from the things I eat, the cool will be plant-based. Like if I do beans or if I do things like rice, it kind of gets gummy. You know, after two or three days, it's not as fresh. So that may be a downside to once again prepping for the vegan side of things. It may not stay fresh as long, just like meats kind of get weird after a while, you know? So Paleo, I don't see being an idea. Keto, I don't see that being an issue. But things are vegan. Once again, it since it's plant based, it could break down and get funky tasting after a couple of days quicker. But who knows? I would be interested, like if you're if you do follow a vegan diet and you're listening to this or watching this, to comment over at our social pages on like that Beyond Meat burgers and stuff. Like, do they break down quicker? Tofu? Like, I have no fucking clue. Like, I literally have no idea. Uh, Beyond Meat don't break down at all. What's that? All the chemicals in that fucking Beyond Meat burger. It's not that bad, but bro, here's the thing that cracks me up. This isn't a knock against vegans, but you make so much time and effort making the shit that tastes like meat, the Beyond Meat patty. It has like 16 or 17 ingredients you put next to a fucking burger. It's like beef. Yeah. No, I, like- I saw that. I think there's like a meme going out right now. Like, right? There's like beef and that. That's what I saw too. Um, 
<laughs> options. Uh, I get this question all the time, Drew, and, and I'm sure you probably get it too. Like, where can I buy these like meal prep containers at? And what type of meal prep containers should I get? And like, this isn't necessarily a meal prep hack, but I think it's just you can go to Amazon for twenty bucks and buy some of these fucking meal prep containers. And I and and they're not like the most high quality things in the world. But I asked for a set for Christmas like three years ago, and I still have like seventy five percent of the set today. Like, occasionally you might get a crack in it or you uh, in the in, in the cover or whatever. But I mean. They literally last forever, and they're the perfect size. Like you can weigh your shit out. Um, yeah. they, they have glass ones too, which are super nice. But I, I almost think like the glass ones are a little excessive. Like you don't need to go glass. Plastic is completely fine. Here's the thing: is it depends on how expensive you want to get. You can get like I think they sell them in packs of ten to a dozen of them of the plain black plastic, clear top lids, BPA free. For those who are worried about that, I mean, I don't really want a bunch of chemical bullshit in my prep containers either. Right. But yeah, you can get like a dozen of them. It's like ten bucks. There's no excuse to not have them. If they crack or get brittle or break, dude, they're less than a dollar a piece. You can order another set. I'm sorry, I don't care how once again financially strapped you are if you can't afford they're literally a dollar a piece you, they last forever right. invest in those if you want to take the next step up what i like i've had six pack bags forever i got a performa bag recently and i fucking love the thing it, it's super high quality it's built nicely it holds six meals in it and it's nice compact it was replacing my innovator 300 that was five years old from um yeah there you go you got the same one I yeah think. You got the performa. performer yep we just they sent us a couple of them which just i mean but yeah they're great they're nice and compact they're super sturdy too. Yeah. For me, the only downside of that one is compared to my six pack bag, I had the three meal system as well as the six. It seems the containers are a little bit smaller, so I have to use a separate one for my protein and my rice, mainly because I'm eating so much food right now. Right. But those are solid ass meal bags. Yeah, if anybody's watching, like I have the performer ones out here right now. Not like a cheap plug for performer, but it's literally like next to my desk. But I mean, like, it's all it is. It's like plastic in the cover. They're super nice. There's six of them in this one. The bag is compact as fuck, and it has um, ice packs with it. It's insulated. Six pack the same way. Is Fitmark still in business? I think so. I okay. Don't know. I think there's also there's Isolator. There was Fitmark. There was uh, Performo, which is an up and comer that I love their stuff. And the six pack bag, they make a great thing as well. The thing is, the price point for six pack bag is kind of up there. I have a bag that I really got for free. I think three years ago, maybe two. I didn't pay for it. It was a brand new. Six meal full innovate like yep. Voyager, a three hundred dollar bag. I haven't used it because I don't need the you know the, the downside. My is the whole most of the thing is the containers, the food. Right. There's like a small compartment up top, so I just don't have to bring a backpack with me. It's not feasible. But yeah, it's so, a nice for travel. Yeah, yeah. Those are some brands you can look at. Six pack does make cool bags. I mean, they have the abs on it, which is like their thing. But like they have backpacks too, which are cool, but they're going to be expensive. Performa, obviously, Drew mentioned that. I mentioned that. Up and coming, really nice compact bags here, just like you can see on camera. Fitmark, if they're still out there. I mean, they're all similar to an extent, which is different. Like, sort of, you know, they might be more compact or there might be, you know, the ice packs might be placed differently or whatever. But for the most part, they're, they're going to be a much better option than just, like, your brown paper bag. That works, though, too. At the end of the day, like, if your excuse is you don't have a meal prep bag, throw it in a brown fucking paper bag. I don't care. Be old school. Prep for your day if you have to. Um, I don't think, it, I mean, in terms of, like, the last thing we'll end here on, on this podcast is, like, how much time should you invest in meal prep? It's, like, how much time do you need? At the end of, you know, like, put as much time as you need. You can do as little as, like we mentioned before, the crock pot, 15 minutes. Throw it in, take it out, um, throw, it, throw a sheet of broccoli into the oven, whatever you need to do. Fuck, man. You can buy individual steam-sized packets of broccoli now at Costco. Like, you can go to Costco and buy these big things that have individual. They're literally making it so fucking easy for people to make their food to take to their work office place or, or on the road or whatever. There's literally no excuse that anybody can give us now that says, I can't do this because of X. Bullshit. What I'll give you, though, and a lot of people, I get this. Here's the thing. You have to decide what's important to you 
and, and a kind of cross spectrum of things. And I'll explain this here. If you get tired of eating the same shit, so here's the thing, time saving versus, you know, uh, I guess freshness as well as of course variety in your foods. If you're super worried about everything super fresh and having a lot of variety of food, let's be realistic here. Your cost is probably going to be a little bit more and you're also going to spend a lot more time doing your prep. Somebody's right. going to say, I have a system. Well, that's great. But here's the thing. There's a, there's a risk versus reward here. If you're worried about super fresh, a lot of variety, you're going to spend a lot more time cooking the different meats and different uh, sides with it. Like I want jasmine rice and, and I want sweet potato and I want mixed vegetables and I want asparagus. Da, da, da. You have to cook all these things. Then, of course, you're going to have to either A, do the, all that every single day or you're going to, of course, have to do it more frequently. It's going to take a lot more time. Me, I do on the opposite side of things. I typically do less but I cook in larger volume but I kind of sacrifice the time thing where instead of doing it once a week I'll do it twice a week so it's a little more time but it's also a little more fresh and also I do less variety because I keep the same things chicken 964 ground beef and a fuck ton of jasmine rice those are my staples right now and honestly I don't eat a lot of vegetables in my off season just because I'm eating so much food already I, I don't have the stomach space and I'll tend to go the way of that more vegetables and prep when I have fewer carbs but then again I'll still do typically twice a week yeah you know, that's kind of say if the, the, the less frequently you cook typically the less variety you're going to have i mean you can make it go but it's going to be less fresh if you want to do more fresh things more variety it's going to take more time so kind of pick on the curve what works best for you that's kind of the trade-offs here guys yeah 100 percent. and uh, in terms of cost drew mentioned like obviously a little bit more variety might cost a little bit more but at the end of the day like if you do the calculations in terms of going out to eat every single day for lunch uh, to a restaurant or to a fast food place. Not only is that the, the financial cost, but it's the cost of your health that you're giving up to eating some of this stuff. So there's a lot to think of. And like, if it comes down to a cut, well, I can eat a $5 foot long from Subway and it's Subway. So Subway's good for you, Drew. I mean, Subway's great for you. Why not? Right. Well, that's not necessarily the case. Like look, look a little bit more deeper in the, these fast food restaurants, figure out what you're eating is actually not what you think you're eating um, for the most part. Um, and then, you know, you can figure out and the nice part about cooking your own shit at home is like you know what you're eating like you literally know what you're getting because you prepared it versus going to a restaurant and just sometimes you're just not entirely sure um what's going on i mean i i when i worked in an office i went out to eat maybe once a month and that was because we had like a team outing or something where you went out otherwise like literally every day i would have my own thing same thing every single day and the office people would be like i don't know how you do it listen it's i do it because it's a choice it's a lifestyle you hear it all the time uh, and i enjoy this shit so um Find enjoyment out of it. Cooking, I think, is. I mean, if you if you're a terrible fucking cook, learn. Go go to go to go to go to uh, Chef Drew's YouTube channel now. It's a uh, it's a rival rival YouTube channel to uh, a couple of those other chef channels out there. So I think Drew, you got some really good content you can show people. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, my cooking skills getting up there. I don't have a YouTube channel as of yet, but I think that could be the next branch. Here. <laughs> I'm completely full of shit, bro. I have no desire to do that. I, I I get so burned out of cooking, but at the same time, I have a system. I make it efficient and painless. But fuck, man. Love it. If you guys like the episode, hit that subscribe button, write us a review on whether it's iTunes or Spotify, help, help out the algorithm uh, over at Facebook as well, the Iron Jungle Podcast. Again, if you are uh, on that vegan diet, love to hear some feedback on your prep tips because uh, Drew and I both are carnivores, so we can't really speak to that type of living. Uh, until next time, Vanilla Gorilla Drew, the man right there, living the dream in South Florida, me up here in snowy-ass Minneapolis with the Yeti Ben Kane jumping out of the woods at some point, some point here. So uh, everybody hang loose, take care.